G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Can prayer change things? You better believe it. Listen, we need to pull together, we need to work together, and we need to pray together because there's power in united prayer. Coming up today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to gain our spiritual bearings in facing the pandemic, or really any challenge that we might encounter. God is bigger than COVID-19. God is bigger than any problem you're facing right now, so don't worry Pray. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. How many times have we heard it? Maybe even said it. Well, all we can do now is pray. It's almost said as a fantastic finale to all the worrying that we've been doing. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that prayer should be our first response and not our last resort. It should be a source of hopefulness, not hopelessness. And we should remember that God wants us to bring our challenges to His throne. Some good encouragement is coming your way in today's study. Turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 12. And the title of my message today is What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. You know, there is a sense of fear in the air right now. Consider these headlines that I read at a news site recently. Quote, world on edge, market bloodbath, stocks crater, oil plunge, national emergency, anxiety grips companies across the world. Well, reading things like this, hearing what we're all hearing on the news right now produces fear. One expert made this statement, and I quote, we're in this fear state, but the fear state turns down the immune system. When you spread fear to your friends, it's almost like spreading germs to them. You wouldn't want people to do that to you. Why do you do that to other people? Uh, End quote. That's very true. So I have a message for all of you right now. All of you who are afraid, here is the message from Jesus himself. Do not be afraid. God is still in control. He's ruling from his throne in your life and my life right now as we put our faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. By the way, that sound mind means well-balanced, disciplined mind. So don't freak out. Turn your fear into faith. Turn your worry into worship. Turn your panic into prayer because the Bible says don't worry about anything but pray about everything and the peace of God that passes all human understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So there are reasons to be afraid. We wanna be aware of what's happening and be practical, but then there are greater reasons not to be. So I have five points I wanna make in this message. And uh, they all happen to start with the letter P. 
So if you're taking notes, here's point number one. Be practical. Yes, this is a highly contagious virus and that is why handshakes are out. It's fist bump time. Another really important tip right now, don't drive slow in the fast lane, especially if you drive a Prius. I know it has nothing to do with the coronavirus, but thought I'd just throw that in there. Okay, number one, be practical. P number two, be prayerful. And this is very important and something we all should be engaged in. We as Christians need to be calling out to God Almighty for divine intervention for Him to protect our country. I'm reminded of a story in the book of Numbers of when a judgment of God was coming on the people and Aaron was instructed to take a live coal from the altar and put it in a censer that would contain it and intercede on behalf of the people and the plague was turned away. So that's what we do in prayer. We're standing in the gap and we're saying, Lord, save and preserve our country. We're praying for anyone who has COVID-19 that they would have a rapid recovery. Pray for our medical professionals on the front line that are treating people for their protection. Pray for our president, the administration, especially Vice President Pence, who has been put over a task force uh, to take point on dealing with COVID-19. And, uh, and pray that the Lord turns us back. Listen, we need to pull together, we need to work together, and we need to pray together because there's power in united prayer. Jesus said, if any of you will agree here on earth concerning anything you ask my Father in heaven, it will be done for you. There's a story in the book of Acts chapter 12 where we read that Simon Peter was arrested. He was in prison. He was gonna be executed. And this was on the heels of James being arrested and executed. So what did the church do? We read these words in Acts 12, 5. Constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. There's a lot in that verse. Constant prayer, not a one-time prayer. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Jesus says and the door will be opened. Constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Power in united prayer. Can prayer change things? You better believe it. So I'm gonna pray and then my wife Kathy is gonna pray. So let's all pray together. Father in heaven, you are all powerful. You're also all loving. And you see how this pandemic has affected the country as well as the world. And I'm praying that you will turn this back, Lord. Again, thinking of Aaron going out there and standing in the gap and praying. We as your people are praying right now and we're asking you to arrest this virus. We especially pray for the elderly that are more vulnerable, that you would put a special hedge of protection around them. But Lord, we pray that this will cause us as Americans to get closer to you. I pray that this will result in many people believing in Jesus for the first time. So we commit this to you. We pray now for our nation in Jesus' name. Father, we lift up ourselves to you this day. We come humbly before you. You tell us that if we will humble ourselves and seek your face and turn from our wicked ways that you would hear from heaven. And Lord, we as a nation are, are being humbled. We as a people are being humbled before you. And we want to be like that sinner who came into the sanctuary and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, 
We are not coming in our own righteousness or in our own strength. We are asking for your help here. You tell us in your word that you carry the Israelites out of Egypt on wings of eagles. Lord, they couldn't deliver themselves. They didn't walk out. They didn't fight out. They didn't run out. They were carried out. We need you to carry us. Our anxieties, our worries, our concerns, our um, uncertainties about the future are too much for our shoulders to carry, but yours are broad enough. They are big enough. We roll our burdens upon you. We cast our cares upon you, for you care for us. And we declare here and now, before the answer to our prayers is even given, that we will give you thanks and praise as you tell us in all things with prayer, thanksgiving. Let our requests be made known to you. You are our provider, you are our sustainer, you are our strength, you are our hope, you are our peace, you are our joy, and we look to you now. Father, may this be the spark that ignites revival and awakening in the world today, not only here in America, but globally. May your church come alive, and may we do the work that you have called us to in these last days. Have mercy, Lord. We're asking for your intervention here. We cannot do this without you. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor Greg Laurie, the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA. And he's working his way through five points from today's message called What to Do When We Don't Know What to Do. Let's continue. Number three, be proclaiming. Look for opportunities to share your faith because I'm telling you right now, people are scared. People are alarmed. People are frightened. People have questions and we have answers. And I think we have an unprecedented opportunity as the church to go into all the world. So look for these opportunities. I was in a drugstore the other day getting some things and I talked to the lady and she said she was a little bit scared. And, and I said, well, have you tried praying? Well, as it turns out, she was a believer. But I was able to encourage her. But I'm telling you, there are people out there who are not believers. You need to tell them that they can pray and call on God and pray for them. But most importantly, engage them in a conversation about Jesus Christ and tell them how you, as a believer, have that peace that passes all understanding. So number one, be practical. Number two, be prayerful. Number three, be proclaiming. Number four, have perspective. Again, the last time I checked, God was still on the throne. And Romans 8, 28 is still in the Bible. Somebody check, make sure it's still there. I think it is. Uh, again, which says, we know that all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. God loves you. He hears your prayers. And know this, God is bigger than the coronavirus. God is bigger than any problem you're facing right now, so don't worry, pray. Here are the words of Jesus to us. In John 14, he says, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. In my Father's house are many mansions that were not, so I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, you may go. He also added these words, you believe in God, believe also in me. In other words, I brought you this far, I'm not gonna abandon you. We are in effect in a storm. This storm has a beginning, middle, and an end. We're gonna come through this storm. And to all of us, Jesus says, do not be afraid, only 
believe. Now I want to look at a text I had you turn to a little bit earlier. Luke chapter 12, 32. Jesus makes this statement. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You know, when Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, He didn't say, after this manner, therefore pray, our Creator who art in heaven, though He is our Creator. Nor did He even teach us to pray, Almighty God who art in heaven. He actually taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven. See, that speaks of relationship. When you become a Christian, God becomes your Father. Listen, God is not everyone's Father. God is everyone's Creator. But he is only a father to those who have called on him. Only those who have believed in him. The Bible says for as many as received him, he gave them the power to become sons of God. And in a few moments, I'm gonna tell you how to ask Christ to come into your life so you can start calling God Father. This is a father that we have constant access to. A father that delights to hear our prayers. I want you to think a little differently. Think of him as a grandfather. Grandfather is a dad too. I am a father and a grandfather. My role as a father is different than my role as a grandfather. As a father, especially when my sons were younger, it's to instruct them, it's to guide them, it's to prepare them, it's to equip them, it's to help them, it's to warn them, sometimes it's to discipline them. But as a grandfather, well, those things are included, but really, in many ways, my job is to just enjoy them, to love them, maybe sometimes to spoil them. And I want you to know that when you approach God, He is thrilled that you're there. He's looking forward to hearing from you. He's your Father in heaven. So Jesus says, fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God loves to bless you. God loves to provide for you. Are you in need right now? Call on the Lord. The Bible says that if you call on Him, you'll be saved. And the Bible also says you have not because you ask not. The Lord will provide for you. He's a Father that loves you. And finally, He's our King. Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And when we talk about God as a King, it's a reminder that He's in control, that He's sovereign, that he has all the power you need. Listen, if God were small enough for your minds, he wouldn't be big enough for your needs. As I already said, God is bigger than COVID-19. God is bigger than any problem you're facing right now. And the Bible asks the question, is anything too hard for the Lord? One last point. Number one, be practical. Number two, be prayerful. Number three, be proclaiming. Number four, have perspective. And now finally, number five, be prepared. The Bible says, prepare to meet your God. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. Again, Jesus said in John 14, in my Father's house are many mansions, and I've prepared a place for you. Listen to this. Only those who are prepared to die are really ready to live. How do you prepare to die? It means that you just know where you're going in the afterlife. Listen, you decide in this life where you will go in the afterlife. And if you want to go to heaven, you have to make arrangements. Uh, if I'm going to travel from the west coast to the east coast, I don't just walk down to the airport and board a plane. I have to have a boarding pass. I have to have a driver's license. I have to go through security. And then I take my seat and hopefully reach my destination. And listen, I talked about reservation. 
God purchased your ticket for heaven 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross. Coming back to John 14, Jesus says, where I go and the way you know. And Thomas says, oh, actually, we don't know where you're going and we don't know the way. Good question, Thomas. And then Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. Listen, there's only one way to the Father, and it's through Jesus. Why Jesus? Why not multiple choice? Why not any religion we choose? Why not our own version that we come up with? Because there was only one person who was uniquely qualified to bridge the gap between a holy God and sinful humanity, and it was Jesus who was the God-man. Not a good man, he was that, but he was the God-man. Not man becoming a God, that's impossible, but God literally becoming a man. Jesus was fully God, fully man, dying in our place. He came to pay a debt he did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. And then he rose again from the dead three days later. And listen to this, friend. He's standing at the door of your life and he's knocking and he's saying, if you'll hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. Think of it. Right now, wherever you are, hearing it on the radio, watching it on television, wherever you're seeing this, Christ could come and live inside of you and forgive you of all of your sin and then you don't have to be afraid of what happens beyond the grave. You say, well, how do you do that? Through prayer. He's just a prayer away. Allow me to introduce you to my friend, Jesus Christ. He can come and live inside of your heart right now and forgive you of your sin and give you a peace in the middle of whatever storm you are in and the absolute assurance that when you die, you will go to heaven. Listen, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, if you're not sure that you'll go to heaven when you die, if you don't know with certainty that Christ is living in you, pray this prayer with me. Wherever you are right now, just pray these words. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you're the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose again from the dead. Jesus, come into my life now. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Be my God. Be my friend. I choose to follow you, Lord. From this moment forward, thank you for hearing this prayer and answering this prayer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer. And if you've just prayed that prayer with Pastor Greg and you meant those words, Welcome to the family of God. And we'd love to help you by sending something called our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll help you get started living as a Christian. We'll send it to you free of any charge or obligation. It'll help answer some of the questions that you might have and also help you build a solid foundation for your faith. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you contact us on 1-800-00-5011. Well, tomorrow, Pastor Greg begins a full series on this unique time that we're in called quarantine life some good encouragement that speaks to the challenges we've all been facing next time right here on a new beginning now for a copy
copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.